Welcome to Americana Quill, writer to writer. Please like and subscribe and tell a friend that likes to subscribe. This week, my guest is a smart man who thinks truly outside of the box. He is what I like to call a philosopher when it comes to drinking water and having fun and insightful rants. As I became a fan of his previous podcast, where he did only for the, the segment that he coined, Reek Rants, where he would give a one to three minute soliloquy about his feelings on the world or a particular subject that takes his mind for a spin or loop. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome Reek Payton, owner and founder of the Good Brother Experience podcast. So thanks for coming and doing this, man. I really appreciate it. What's happening? What's happening? I'm sorry about that. I fucking haven't eaten nothing all day, but I'm here though. What's good? <laughs> all good. I know you're a busy man. You know what I mean? You're, you're one of the few men I know that got seven jobs and they're all profitable for you. So it, it's all good. I understand man, I'm just that. trying to get after it, bro. That's all it is. Have to, especially in, in this pandemic, you know, you can't, if anything, even though this is going to be backlogged for some months, what yesterday showed on January 6th is that you really, you really can't trust no one, bro. <laughs> Not at all. And when I say that, I'm referring to, um, even though I don't like to talk about modern day topics, because it's just really about you, of um, the incident that happened at the Capitol. So if you have any quick words of what you would like to say to the public about it. I have something that might come out that I want to say, but I would rather give you the floor first. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I've recognized is that anything that's shown to you, it's meant for you to see it. You know what I mean? Because it ain't, there's nothing to take something off of television. It's nothing to take something off the internet. If they want to put a ban on something, if they want to put a block on something, then if, they, if, if the powers that be don't deem something that should be consumed by the masses, then it won't make it to the masses. I believe those videos are very clear. I believe everything was premeditated. I believe everybody knew what was going on. And there's something greater that's happening because I just refuse to believe that a country that spends billions in defense, that spends billions on policing, the Capitol building has its own police force and all of a sudden, it's just that easy for things to be stampeded. Like, I'm not believing it. No, no, I believe it. I just believe they, they, they don't believe they should shoot him, which is fucked up. If only I <laughs> believe everybody was in on it. I believe this thing was very purposeful because there's no way. You know, you, me and your brother, I yeah. don't know how often you talk about him on your show. I don't talk about him enough, but I wanted to have him on one day, but... I have a twin brother I think the public knows, and yeah. if not, y'all know now. So we all in the same <laughs> age bracket. Continue. Me, me, and, me and your brother used to illegally throw parties in your backyard. Oh, right? no, I know. I used to purposely spend the night over people's, other people's houses oh, to stay away from the situations. No <laughs> and the reason why I bring that up is there are times to where the police would know we were about to throw a party before we even threw it. I will go to Queens. I will go to Maryland. I will go to D.C., Sometimes the house party would get shut down. Sometimes it didn't. There was even times where I went to public barbecues and the police was like, yo, man, I saw the flyer and I, I came at eight o'clock because it said that it ended at eight. And I say that to say that if people know that a house party is about to go on, there's no way you're telling me that people that created shirts, that I saw videos of people coming in droves on, uh, on, on a plane all going to D.C. Like, yo, fam, something is up. Something no, 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 no. I believe that part. I just feel like they felt too safe because they look like them, most of them. It's That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that yeah. it wasn't and orchestrated because it was on Twitter. It was everywhere. But for you to feel that comfortable to let them intrude 
on what's supposed to be a sacred grounds for like something of electoral vote that was selected already to like finish out is the issue. You gotta understand that policing is to police us, it's not to police themselves. And the proof is at the footing. You got people, dirty boots, dirty jeans, dirty clothing, no mask on, putting their feet up on desks, no repercussion. You see quote unquote guards and police officers getting bum rushed, nothing's really going on. You, as many people as we've lost to police violence because they felt like they was unsafe or we posed a threat, people was coming through with assault rifles. Right. Nothing went down. Nothing was going on. Nobody's lives were in danger. I didn't see any video of anybody getting shot besides that one woman that was trying to go through a window with a Secret Service agent. Anytime you see somebody with a suit, that's not the police anymore. Right. They, <laughs> They're not there to talk animal. it out. If you, get close, <laughs> if you get too close to them, you're getting shot. You know what I'm saying? Right. But besides they, all that, they're not trying to associate what's happening. They like, you know, I gotta protect this one individual. And they're not, not there space. for crowd control, bro. If you get too close, you're going down. <laughs> you know what I'm no, saying? no, I agree. So he actually did his job. I can't be yeah. mad at him doing what he had to yeah, do. Like he, like people like that, they don't exist on public record. You're just a person no, that got right, shot. Right. You know but I mean? my frust- my frustration comes in with the um. I don't ever want to hear anybody ever talk about a fucking target burning ever again when there's also peacefulness going on. Because yesterday, there was no such thing as peacefulness and nothing happened. So anybody that's disgraced, be disgraced today. Don't be disgraced a few months ago when you're saying, why are they burning down targets when there was still also other white people doing that. Fam, I saw more of a mockery for like the Gucci store, the Louis Vuitton store, Walmart, Target on Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn, then for the Capitol building, bro. Yeah, you know I'm saying it's all about association. no, no, no. That's that's but exactly like all those like there was a lot of people that we went to school with that was like, why are they burning this? It's like, why did you? Let, why is this happening? Why is nobody speaking up on this now? Hey, I kept my exactly. mouth shut the whole time because it's like you know, like it's, I'm not. I know my own thoughts. I don't need to be controlled by any type of media that's out there. I know how I feel. I can speak it out without having to post my feelings online. Damn, it's all about association. The reason why they spoke about the protests and the looting as opposed to this, because they associate this with the Proud Boys. They associate this with affluent whites, down and out whites, just whites. Anything else in regards to black regression, that's when you got to speak up. That's when we got to be peaceful. That's when we got to relax. That's when we have to leave property alone. They can come through and run amok, break into buildings, bum rush officers with assault rifles, and all of a sudden, right. yo, we just got to hear both sides. It's all about association, bro. This shit is disgusting. No, 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 I agree, but I'm just letting people know that, listen, like, if this isn't a, a racial podcast, but I'm letting it be known. I don't ever want to hear about somebody getting mad about any type of stores being looted when that's never, not necessarily always those of our skin color doing that. It's a lot of other people that was a part of that. That's all I'm, I'm trying you. to say. When this was solely with maybe one or two, three black people that went into the Capitol, which was nuts to me, but that's another st- story for another day. So it's more of um, it's 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 like we got to stop trying to be humble. Like I feel like that's a low frequency word. Like be grateful, be gracious, be respectful, but you don't have to necessarily be humble. Humble means that you're 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 willing to be a servant to someone else. I could be of service, but I'm no longer going to be a servant. You know what That's I'm saying? Fact. Like, and to be humble is think, to think low of yourself, by the way. Right, and like I don't think people really understand the definition of that. So it's like when when white people, although I don't think they meant it that way because they probably don't know the true definition. It's like 
don't call black people humble. Be like, oh, they're 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 respectful. They're cool. Or like, use a different word than humble, because right. I don't I don't want no one to tell me to be humble anymore. I don't think I'm in that space. It's like I'm no I'm not going to get on my knee to show respect. No, I'm going to stand tall the way y'all want to stand tall. Right. And we could look I'm each other in the eye and have a cool conversation. I think getting on, on your knees to like show respect and all that shit, like when you're doing peaceful protests, I think that needs to go out the window now too. It's like, stand dead. tall. It's dead. And it's not, it's not about fighting anybody. It's just about standing, stand tall. There's no reason for you to get down to show you're peaceful. Like they should know what you want if you're peacefully protesting. It's not about getting on a knee anymore. That's out. So I guess back to our, our, our regular schedule program, which is me asking you about what's your writing style? Could you do something called Reek Rants, which I'm really a fan of, where you go on these two or three minute rants, but like you could tell they were thought out and flushed out. They weren't just a quick thought and then you try to freestyle it. Um, well, the new season's coming out next month. I already recorded them. They're gonna be, um, I'm just packaging them right now so I can have be palatable to the audience. But um, it's actually quite the opposite. It's me just thinking about something at the time and just, thinking about shit on the top of my head. When I was doing that podcast, for example, um, I wouldn't know what I was talking about until we started the introduction. And then it popped in my head as, as it was my turn to speak about something. Mm-hmm. A lot of shit that I do is off the cuff and it's not really mapped out or thought out. I mapped and thought these rants out in particular that's coming out next month. But prior to mm-hmm. that, it was just like random ass thoughts that I would have at the drop of a dime. But would you have bulletproof points at least like a comedian would? Or like no. like a motivational speaker, or you really just kept what, like going off of, after each sentence, kind of. Yeah, just going off of every. I was just improving, bro. I mean, I had bullet points for these new rants, but even gotcha. with the bullet points, it would just be a subject, and I would just spew rhetoric for a minute, minute and a half. But yeah, okay. there's not too many things that's written down in regards to a writing style. You know what I'm saying? I just whatever comes to me is whatever comes to me, and I just spew what I. Okay. Um, your your audio went out a little bit, so you were just saying that it's kind of what you spew out at the moment. I believe is what your last words were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I thought there was some freezing going on, but yeah, I'm back with that. We yeah. Okay. So, do you see yourself as a writer though? Because to me, that's a form of writing, although it's not pen to paper necessarily. It's like whether you think you're doing it off the cuff, it has to be a moment of a spark for you to even be able to pull out a paragraph that fast. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So would you refer to yourself as a writer or just a thought, a, per, a thought-provoking individual that's able to just have those quick thoughts to, to spew them out? Because they're already in you. They kind of resonate with you. I view myself as a creator and I don't want to like cause like a, a barrier between the two because I don't understand that they operate in a very similar place. But I have too much respect for writers to refer to myself as writers because I know how tedious it is. I, I know how it is for you to like craft a paragraph and then you have to take it out. Oh, how can I get to the point in a quicker fashion? Oh, can I add a subverb to this? Can I add, can I conjugate this verb to this? Can I do this? Can I do that? And there's so many things that go into uh-huh. writing. I would never downplay the craft by referring to myself as one. But what I will say is that the, the same type of meticulousness that goes into writing, I put into the things I put out as well. Well, cheers to you know how hard it is to be a writer because I appreciate mm-hmm. those that understand that it's not it's yeah. not something you could just easy. Well, you can pick it up and try it, but it's not easy to like pr- try to perfect that type of craft. Yeah, because it's like you have to like one at one thing you think you're getting at your full thought, then you're told you know 
this is too wordy. You have to condense it. Or you're trying to get right to the point, yo, we need you to expound on this. Yeah, you know I mean, and then you have to discern when you're supposed to expound, when you're supposed to chop it down. How can you get to the point? How uh, uh, an arc? How do I get to the arc faster? How do I conclude this? How do I put subtext into this? And right. there's so many variables that go into writing, you know what I'm saying? Just to say that I'm a writer, that just takes away from the actual hard work that goes into writing. You know what I mean? And anything I that anything I did into writing, like whether it was um, college, high school, whatever. I was always a decent writer when it was time for me to do homework and shit like that. You know what I mean? I would, I'll be the type of person, if you gave me a book report, I would read like the first two or three chapters, the last chapter, and like the um, the, the, the cliff notes, and I'll write like a 10-page paper. You know what I'm saying? Well, you always had a great vocabulary where you knew yeah. how to be able to stretch words, condense words, make it longer by not using a particular word <laughs> to write out Yeah, writing is always, like any writing class I had, writing is easy for me. But yeah. the type of writer that you are, or maybe like a script writer where you have to like take things out, do whatever have you, that's, I feel like that's a particular kind of skill that you need to hone in on and fine well, tune. That's so, like I was in the gym if you were to play ball. Like it's a craft yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point. So no, I get what you're saying. 100%. And like, I, I respect the craft of writing too much, even because like a, um, a thing that I would do, especially in colleges, anytime he was given like a super term paper or a paper that would take like a month or two, in regards to when it will be due, I would do it with like the first two days, give it to the professor, have them proofread it. They do what you naturally can do. They tell me what to condense, they tell me what to expound on. I then rewrite it and then I hand it in. You know what I'm saying? I, I started doing that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I started yeah. doing that when I was getting ready to try to graduate early. And I was like, this is when I have time because if I'm not, I'm playing lacrosse. I got a sport I got to focus on too. So it's like, all yeah. right, this is all my work. Tell me what sucks. I'll, I'll fix it up during the, the rest of the months. And let me know what, how you feel. That's a fact. You know I mean, and I feel like that's the best way to do it. Just not procrastinating on it. But writing was never really hard for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it never really was. So maybe this is why I can craft rants without really having to write it down. Because just the... The, the, the thought the, process the mental, of writing. The mental capacity right. that you need in regards to writing is something that's not very hard for me. But anything else, like knowing directions and shit like that, like it's a dub. I don't know how to get nowhere and I'm 30. Like, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but that particular skill, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at. I'm solid. No, nah, that's dope. You see, I feel like now I can only drive with directions because I just got my driving test and that's and I just hey, passed that shit. <laughs> my boy's on the road now. Right. But like, that was just because of... If you, if you knew my household, basically it was only a stick shift. And then the only time we had other cars in the house is if my pops hoopty or whatever broke down so then right. Peyton being the rebel that he is would like hang out with Reek get in the whip with his permit and start yes. practicing basically on that you. we used to steal your father's car all of the time so. well no, you, it was the rentals it was never his yeah, car because it, it, it was a stick shift anytime you had the rental or when he would borrow like your uncle's car or some shit like that which became the rental basically because his car was in the shop yeah it was a fucking rap he was like okay we hopping in the whip we out of here <laughs> and it's like they were disrespectful they wouldn't put gas back in it like they would just Damn. just just park it back up exactly where they found it we was young and we was broke, bro. Like, we just, <laughs> father had to hold that down. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I'm sure he did. But, like, he acted like he didn't realize it. But, like, yo, this shit was definitely not at the spot you left it at. We operated, yeah. like, if this nigga don't say something, we're not going to say nothing. And we're just going to chill the way right. we're chilling. Fuck it. Pretty much. So that's funny that you even, um, that, that they even came up today. 
So when you do the rants after the episode, do they energize you or do they exhaust you because you put so much mental capacity into it? Uh, I would say neither. I, I feel a sense of like completeness. Like I completed a task, mm. like it's Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I mean, so I don't feel exhausted. I don't feel energized. I just feel like I legitimately like got something done. You know what I mean? Like I, I got, I had this thought. This thought's been on my mind past few days. I released it to the public. And then, you know what? I, I re, I'll rephrase that. I feel a sense of relief that now it's off my chest. And now, now I mean, the audience right. takes it I, the way they want to take it. Like you, you really completed a task that you've been wanting to do because I don't think I'm the only one that enjoyed that those rants. So it's like I'm yeah. sure you had people that would ask you like, yo, when you could bring them back out, mm-hmm. and now that you got all your ducks in a row, to now know that they're gonna have this, I'm sure is the exciting part for you. I, I don't go imagine. a day without people asking me about the rants. Like okay. one day, I don't go a day without somebody asking like, yo, bro, what happened? Yo, your podcast is cool, but what happened to those rants? I love those rants. What happened to? So they're, they're coming. They're coming back. Yeah, that's dope. Like when I hear the rants and like just the way you tell stories in your podcast, you're you're a storyteller of life. So, and you, I think you should write a com- a comedic book one day, and um, maybe let my company definitely help you work that out. Because I feel like you have so many life stories that your little thirty to thirty one years about to be that like I don't think if they didn't know you, they wouldn't believe these stories are true. But I'm sure right. they are all freaking factual. Yeah, well, everything. Yeah, I mean, like but, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Um, I'm trying to look up because it's something I wrote down there for that you. So if the true story of today, I tell you guys about, like, I wrote down basically like a excerpt of like one of your podcasts, and I want you to kind of tell me <laughs> a little bit more of the story, if you don't mind. Nah, of course. Go ahead. So you should. I mean, this is your show. You, I'm following you, brother. No, I'm, I appreciate that. So in the podcast, um, you wrote as a description, I'll tell you guys about the two instances I went through a girl's phone. These weren't regular women either. <laughs> we're my girl, both of them were your girlfriends, I guess. And, and you, so <laughs> I think me hearing it, I was like, yo, he's a, he's a storyteller without wanting to t- be a storyteller. It's like, you're, um, you're very audible, like you know how to like very speak speak it very well, where it's like mm-hmm. it grabs people's attention. So right. I can imagine if you did an audio book and then also had just the written words the same way that you probably told these stories of how amazing they would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we can we can figure something out. You know what I'm saying? So we like if you can out. if you can kind of give us a little quick so they can understand how your mind works. So I think you have a fascinating mind. If you can yeah. tell us the story basically of Basically, I mean, a storytelling moment of you yeah. going into two different women. I mean, I, I did it twice. So, which story do you want me to tell? Like, uh, hey, hey, I got nothing but time. You can tell them both. We can start right. off with the first one. We can dissect <laughs> it, and then we can go into the next one. No, no problem. You know what I'm saying. So, my first girlfriend. Um, this was I'm gonna say 2013, and um, I was working at Planet Brooklyn. Actually, I was working at Planet Brooklyn. This was a store on Atlantic Avenue, Atlantic in third i believe atlantic and third all right and, so you're 23 yes. for the for the viewers you, you happy to be alive basically i'm just trying to set the tone like exactly. we're not 25 yet we're still hoping we get there all right you know i mean so 23 20, 23 years old freshly and out of school one year out of college OD. just yeah got OD, you od od we just just opened too like you know what i'm saying i believe that um i graduated in may 
the store opened up in June and this happened in August. So this is August. Mm. And matter of fact, no, this must have been 2014 then. This must have been 2014. Yeah, because Shorty took a year from school. So I'm 24. Okay. Right? I'm 24. And you're chilling. She used to always come to my job, whatever have you. And my homie Chris, you know Chris. Yeah. Um, he was living in Jersey at the time. He was living in Newark. And there was a spot called Joe's Crab Shack. So um, his the way where his apartment was, it was right across the street from Joe's Crab Shack when there was like a whole bunch of panhandling and drunk niggas all over the fucking place in Newark. Oh, no, Newark, Newark is, is terrible. Real. It's, baggy, <laughs> it's baggy sweatpants. It's niggas wearing white beaters. You don't know if it's hot or cold outside. It's, it's wicked out there. So me and Shorty, we, we lock in. I'm like, yo, better go link my man in Newark and we're going to spend the night at this spot. I mean, he has like, he has this big two-door, um, I'm sorry, two-bedroom apartment, whatever, and like the super uh, L-shaped couch or whatever that I always crash at. So I'm like, all right, yo, we're going to go out tonight, whatever. You're going to have a joint with him. You're going to come with me. We're all going to get drinks, whatever, have mad seafood. They can drop back at his spot. She said, all right, she's with it. So me and her, we were going through some turbulent times at this point. We were starting to really form a disconnect, but I really couldn't. I really couldn't piece it together because I was just so fresh in regards to like having a relationship because I was never like a real relationship person. Right. So and the one time to, you try to figure it out with someone, it's like, this is the shit that I'm going <laughs> Now, this is my second relationship, but this is my second. I, all right. So I had a relationship in 2010. Didn't get into another one to 2013. Right? right. So now I'm in relationship number two. I'm 23. I'm 24. I'm 24 at this time, whatever. We go to um, Joe's Crab Shack. We're speaking to one another. And I mean, she's laughing. It's all good. But I can just tell that there's this this rift. And I couldn't really piece it together. Now, in hindsight, I was a terrible boyfriend. I was incredibly selfish. I had terrible communication skills. I only saw her when I wanted to see her. Anytime she tried to do anything with me, I always dub it. Like, I was not, like, the greatest of boyfriends, right? But you can't... I, I didn't have, like, a measuring stick as to what, like, a good boyfriend was. I was learning everything on the fly. I say all that to say that we're getting drunk, have seafood, go back to my man's spot where we can have more drinks. Now, she was going to school because, as I said earlier, she took a year off, which is how I know right. I was 24. She took a year off. I met her when I was at college. I told myself I would never have a girlfriend in college. That was the three-year lapse, whatever have you. And she about to go to school in the next few weeks. And we saw each other, I want to say, once or twice a week at most because I lived in Long Island. She lived in Harlem. But the meeting point was Brooklyn because that's where I was working at. Right. We get there, and I mean, like, my man goes in the room with his drunk, whatever. We we was drinking Ray and Nephew and Lemonade. This one, I mean, it was just all love. Everybody's laughing, joking, we're playing music. And then she started being stingy with the coochie. And I'm like, hold on. You're never stingy with the coochie. Why are you putting a block on the coochie? Like, I'm like, we're both drunk. I'm trying to, I'm trying to feel them. She's like, wait, no, stop. I'm not in the mood. I'm like, not in the mood. I've been dealing with you for mad long at this point because I was fucking with her for months prior to us even being like a couple. And she was like a freak type shit, like always horny, always with it. Now what I'm saying just with the shits, whatever have you. And I'm like, hold on. So now it's like, I, I just see like mad formulas forming in front of my face. I'm like, yeah, you started to get a little dry in the text. You started to get a little dry as far as conversation. So you became Steve, Steve Jobs sitting down in the Apple office yeah. basically figuring out the solutions yeah, to the problem. All, all this behavior is starting to like link up now. I'm like, all right, you starting to act a little distant. You starting to act a little dry. You fake laughing at jokes, whatever have you. And you're being stingy with the coochie? 
So Nan, I remember months ago, she was like, yo, I have this friend from my mom's church, whatever. I haven't seen him in months, whatever. And we speak it from time to time. But at this point in time, I am cheating like nobody's business. So even like this, the smallest thing she's telling me, I, I might even oh, care. Yeah. I'm just like, like the lapses of time that she was probably cheating on me. I was probably cheating at her, on her. But I was viewing that as windows for me to cheat, right? So she's telling me little things like, yeah, I was just on the phone with such and such. Yeah, this nigga keeps calling me mad late at night, whatever. We're getting so cool. And I'm like, yeah, 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 bitch, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like on some whatever shit. I'll be over tomorrow. Fast forward. No coochies being given. I'm saucy. I'm starting to get tight. Not tight like I'm about to become the aggressor because that's no good, but just tight like being inquisitive. Like, what the what the fuck you mean I'm about to get no coochie? You about to go to school. I'm about to not see you for mad long. The coochie is, like, is now. So she gets overly drunk. I have her hold her hair back and she throws it in my man's sink. I have to take like the Lysol. Uh, I have to take like the Lysol shits that you clean the floor with. I'm putting that shit in my hand and scooping th- like disgusting. Anyway, I clean all that shit up. I put her drunk ass back on the L-shaped couch and I'm just seething like Nah. She was sleeping when you looked for it? Yeah, she was drunk, like done. Hold on, I got I, I gotta ask you this question. Did the Drake lyrics from that song play in your mind with him nah. and the cross? So he's like, <laughs> I went through her phone and, nah, <laughs> and through her nah, pocketbook. Nah. It, it, this was going on in 2014. So the, No, I no, no, I get that. But nah, I feel like because this happened a year before the Drake album. That was on fucking um Take care. I know, was, like that was like twenty ten. That was. That was like, I'm, I'm your line. I'm like, I'm thinking about another album. I'm thinking about the shit when his head was in the cloud. If you're yeah. reading this, it's too late or whatever. No, 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 not that one. Um, what was it when his head was in the clouds? I know what you're talking about because that's probably one of his better albums on the list. Yeah, uh, well, well, worst behavior and all that shit on there. But true. Yeah. So, so boom. But nah, the Drake lyrics did pop into my head. But I'm just looking like, <laughs> nah, sir, not like this. Not, not. The dot, the dots ain't. I mean, the eyes don't got no dots on them. So I remember I put her phone password in my phone for times like this as an emergency glass. Like, hold on, I feel like this bitch is going to be some bullshit one day. Let me just make sure, whatever. Then, like, that's a raven. My man, Didi, was like, yo, bro, whenever you're taking a girl serious, always go through her phone. All that's these bitches advice. ain't shit. That's- All these bitches ain't shit. Oh, that's horrible, that is horrible like, advice. You don't know you're who gonna, a girl you're really is. You're going to be my first guest I have to put explicit for. I just want you to know that. So congratulations. I appreciate <laughs> it. It's all good. It's all good. You don't be tell, I'm telling the story. I so, love it. Continue. He's, he's like, yo, you don't, take a, you don't know who a girl is until you go through a phone. Like these girls, they'll tell you they love you. They'll tell you that you're all theirs. You on their phone, they texting five niggas, bro. They just like you the most. But all these girls got playing B, C, D, and F. I'm sorry, B, C, D, E, and F. So all this shit's happening at the same time. I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right. This bitch ain't giving me no coochie. This bitch might have playing B, C, D, and E. How's this bitch about to go to school and not give me no ass and she's drunk with mad fucking mad seafood that I paid for and licks and all that? Nah, so I'm not having this. So while she was in a drunken stupor, slid over, grabbed the phonington, went to the bathroom. Locked the door. So even if she woke up, it was too fucking late. I'm locked in now. Going through the texts. First text, I forgot this nigga's name, but she's talking, she's talking, and she's talking to him the same way she used to talk to me. Yo, I can't wait for your warm hugs. I can't wait for your cuddles. I can't wait for you to get over here so we can cuddle with one another. I can't wait. I miss that dick, whatever. This is that. Just, just speaking very whatever. So I'm sitting there. Yeah. Drunk. 
looking at the shit. I'm the, me being drunk is over now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Super sober. <laughs> Kidney shit's going through for a little while, and I, I can take my time. I can comb through, just make sure I'm not tripping. I'm seeing like the rapport that they have with one another, and I'm like, all right, this girl. So where were your emotions at? Because it's like, although you're probably not as emotional about situations like that now, but then you might have been a little bit more hot. So like, no, I was, was, was worse back then. I think I, you know, you're not. No, even no, no, no. I'm not going to say that you're not worse in your, but you keep it in your mind probably more now than you would at that moment if you wanted to explode on somebody is what I'm no, trying to what say. What I'm saying is I was worse in regards to that I really wasn't showing no emotion back then, like at all. So what happened yeah. was I'm, I'm like, ah, I read this shit. I was like, you know what? Even even right then and there, I'm like, you know, I can't flip. I'm not going to hit her. I'm not going to throw her out. I'm not going to wild her up. I've been doing my fair share of cheating too. She's just the girl that got caught. I'm going to go talk to her about it. Wake her up like, yo, yo, yo. She's like, what, what, what? I'm you couldn't like, wait yo. for the next morning? No, I was so, I was tight. I was heated. <laughs> that's, that, that's what I'm talking about. It's like the level of tightness of like. Couldn't, couldn't wait, bro. Gotcha. I had to talk about that right. Wake your drunk ass up. Yo, who's Byron? It's like, what? That's like, a fake name, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. want to that put was, that out there. I mean, so I took her phone. I was like, bitch, who is Byron? Right. right? She gets up, takes her phone, goes in the bathroom, deletes like the whole text thread. I'm like, bitch, I read everything. It's too late. Who is Byron? Who is this? Whatever, whatever. We're going through arguments. I'm like, I can't believe you did this. Meanwhile, I'm like, I had mad hoes at the point. So I'm like, man, fuck it. I mean, you're just the girl that I don't got to travel to Harlem for. But I'm appearing to be mad. I'm like, I can't believe this. This is mad. How long yeah. you fucking this nigga? X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever. I went back to see. She went back to sleep. We both woke up, walked to the New Jersey trains, and I haven't seen her since. And that's how it ended. Not even an apology for y'all to talk about what happened when you guys were. Are you guys still friends on like social media where she sees you or she definitely got rid of I don't that? know what she's up to. I don't follow her or nothing. She don't follow me or nothing. If she no, came no, into my, if she, if she walked into my house right now, I probably wouldn't recognize it. I haven't seen her in seven years. She probably listens to the podcast on the low and heard that one and was like, oh my God. No, 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 she doesn't. She's like some fucking weirdo eclectic bitch. Like, that bitch don't listen to the podcast. You know what I mean? Like, word. Oh, my God. Yeah, bitch ain't paying me no mind. So, word. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, I just now want the, the viewers to know these are the words of Reek. These are not the yeah, words of the yeah, host. This is, calling, this, this is me calling her a bitch. And I'll say it again. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> Women aren't bitches. She is a bitch. I mean, let me, let me, make, make, let me, let me make that disclaimer. So, second time I went through a phone was my last girlfriend. And um, it was Easter, actually. And this was 2018. Matter of fact, no, this is 2019. This is when, mm. this is right before our last days, like when she was just going all bad. So, so fairly recent. Yeah, two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, in COVID time, that's really like five months, but I get right. what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so. We was going through some turbulence, but it wasn't the same type of turbulence I was going through with my other shorty. This is like, yo, this relationship needs to end and we're holding on for dear life kind of turbulence. Not What made I you want to hold on? Is it like the idea of like knowing that she's a good person, you're a good person, but you're just not leveled yet? You know what it is? It's and I was and I was understanding of this in real time. Relationships have issues. They all never do. perfect. Yeah. So 
you have to find that fine line of working through issues and understanding when the relationship is over because there's no there's nothing to actually show you which one is which you oh, what you're willing to deal with for the rest of the situation or what you're not willing to deal with sometimes not even it that it's, it's just like if y'all are going through a rough time mm-hmm. y'all are going through a rough time if y'all are incompatible and y'all are forcing the issue y'all are incompatible and forcing the issue the tricky part is those shits feel the same. <laughs> so you don't know which one is which. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you just right. don't know which one is which. So we're in this period to where, I mean, that's like we're arguing over nothing. Like we, we're not even getting along. Go to my man's sister's crib in Jersey, mm-hmm. Easter and all that, chilling. Maybe this 2018, one of the two. And I'm looking at her. She's having shots. She had man shots of tequila. She took a sleep on. She, she took a nap on the couch over there. I mean, because it was so real. I was same friend was having, or different friend because these are both happening. No, 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 same different friend, different friend. That friend, okay. I don't want to bring his name up because you know, I mean he has shit going on and shit will come back to him some way. I'll be the enemy again. Like I can't. No, no, no. Of course, of course. Chris, of course. I can say his name all day. This particular friend, I can't say his name. Well, that's such a common name. It's like people really yeah. got know who you, who you moving with. This friend's yeah. name is unique. I can't say his name. Okay, so, I got you. So we had his man's. We had, we had his sister's crib. And the, the crazy part is I was having spectacular conversation with his girlfriend. He was having spectacular conversation with my girlfriend. But me and him were both going through relationship issues. So our girlfriends hated us. You know what I mean? Mm. So it was just like so a whole bunch of shows. She was like, you know, let me lighten up. Let me have some shots. And I'm looking at her like, this bitch is about to go to fucking sleep. And just <laughs> like that, I'm like, I, I see the doze off. I see the dope feeling. I see the... I see the regression in regards to alertness. And right. I'm like, all right, she's about to be out of here. So now in my head, I'm like, all right. We keep having these issues and arguments, but I haven't, to my understanding, done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So why does she keep, is it something that I did? Nah, someone else is piping this. I went through this before. She has a Byron. This bitch got a Byron. It's like all the telltale signs that this bitch got a Byron. Yeah. So while she's sleeping on the couch with tequila, I take her phone from underneath her. Ha, scoop that. So they both <laughs> cheated on you. I only thought it was one. No, 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 no. My ex did not cheat. That's what I'm getting to. Okay, I'm sorry. I scoop her phone, go in the bathroom. Put her phone up, put her passcode on my phone, going through mm-hmm. the IG. Like, I right, who's just getting the IG love? It didn't make it to your text. She's not giving nobody the IG love. She don't got a Facebook or Twitter. I'm like, all right. I'm going to go through the call log. Hasn't called nobody. Just her friends, aunts, cousins, nieces, nephews, whatever. I'm like, People right. you met before and know they're safe. Everybody, all these names check out. <laughs> right. <laughs> going through the text now. Because um, she was a correctional officer. And I know correctional officers and nurses, they have to fuck each other because they don't have like no time to meet nobody else. This is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> They have like these super demanding schedules. Like you can't meet niggas right. and bitches in the, in that profession if you're a nurse or if you're a correctional officer or a right. cop or whatever. You're so meeting somebody that's actually in jail, or you're meeting somebody that is like on their deathbed that just got help you. Yeah, <laughs> you have to go with who's around because you can't right. meet other people. I mean, if they're working fourteen hour shifts, three days in right. a row, you don't, other you don't two days the, they're going to sleep. You know, right. what I'm saying? you don't have the time to even want to date. Right. And they have like abstract off days, like Tuesday and Wednesday. Like, what what right. niggas are you meeting then? So it's like, so I'm having like, all right, I know she's CEO. 
she's beating one, she's fucking one of the co-workers. She has to be, son. She's been too distant. Going through the text, I'm seeing her, her text of co-workers. Very generic conversation. Yo, what you doing tonight? Yo, me and the crew or her, her team, whatever. We're having drinks, you should come, whatever have you. So I'm going through the text messages. I'm like, all right. She's not giving nobody the rhythm. So we're just in a shitty place because she's not even cheating on me. She just don't like me right now. So now right. Me, I, I gave out, I try to sign her phone back on the low. And the funniest thing about that is I spoke to her three months ago. Yeah. I texted her that video because when she was asleep, I, I took like a video and I was interviewing people in the house. Like, how do you feel about such and such being asleep? And <laughs> just being a jerk. And I mean, I, I texted that video because I never texted her. Like, you know, just let you know that when we was in Easter, I took interviews of people. She was like, wow, that's funny. Is that the day you went through my phone and thought I didn't know? And I didn't know until she knew. the other day. Right. And she right. knew. So, yeah, that's, that's my stories of going through women's phones. Wow. Do you regret yeah. ever doing it? Or you feel like there's a no. third time charm and you're going to do it again? <laughs> I'll do it again if I have to. I don't care. Okay. You know what I'm that's I interesting because I don't yeah. I don't see you as a guy that's insecure. So for you to do that, it's like, it's not even insecure. It's more of, I need to find out so I can know if I'm going to leave her or not. I'll have a reason to, like, which is crazy. I can say this to you and I can say this to your listenership. Yeah. Although you probably won't believe me. And that's fine. I never did it out of insecurity. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, I don't think you did it out of insecurity. So it was like, what? The thought person has to be, I got to find an excuse to get rid of this person sometimes. <laughs> like, no, no, maybe know, this could help. I, I was I was trying. There was an issue. The issue was me and my girlfriends at the time were inviting. Were inviting and I was just like doing process of elimination. So okay. Like, you couldn't connect the dots, but you need yeah, to figure so out I'm why. Like, Yo, I, don't, I don't hit these women. I don't raise my voice. I, I'm not secretive. I'm not hiding anyone. They know my friends. I'm spending quality time. I'm being expressive in regards to my emotions. I, I listen to understand. I don't listen just to like reiterate what you told me so I can argue. I'm not argumentative. I'm So I'm like, yo, why do these, how do we have issues? So as I'm just going through one by right. one, I'm like, all right, one way we could be having issues is if there's a Bryson right. or, well, or Byron right. or whatever. Well, that, well, me knowing your personality, it reminds me of me, you, and my actual brother. Is um, We think we're more logical than people think. So it's like, if there was something truly wrong, I could point it out and say, all right, this is it. I could fix that. Right. But if I don't see what the hell is going on, how and, are we going to fix it? And you're not telling me. You just want to be mad for three weeks straight. So I'm like, all right. No, so yeah, you, yeah. So if you want to just be mad, now I got to be Sherlock Holmes. And I'll be like, all right. Yeah. It's not this, it's not this, it's not my behavior, it's not this, it's not this. Or it isn't, but they're not telling you, so therefore you can't fix it. I can't fix it what is. I don't know. Exactly. Right. So in my right. head, I'm just going through what I can see, and I can see you giving the love to another nigga. So if we go through all these issues, and you're not being expressive as where the issues are deriving from, and you're leaving me to figure it out on my own, I'm like, all right, I just got to go with my history. I'm like, all right, you're probably fucking somebody else. Let me see what's going on. Because it only, it only gets, because it's not like Okay, so let's take my man, for example, right? My man that told me to go through Shorty's phone to have plan B, C, D, E, and F. He comes from a place of not trusting women, right? Ever. He's like, any girl I ever dealt with, ever, situationship, whatever, at one point or another, I'm going to go through their phone, right? Then you have people that just because Shorty's going out late, Shorty's just wearing makeup at random times of the day, Shorty be on the phone, and then it's like, 
you know, you don't even have a personal life like this. And then all of a sudden insecurities flare up. With me, I do this out of a state of defense. We're going through issues. The issues are getting worse. I don't know what's going on. It has to be this. That's where I'm coming from, with it, right? Because right. any the two times I ever did it was when we was going through like it looked like irreversible relationship issues, but I didn't understand what the issues were coming from to begin with. So yeah, you know what I'm saying that's that's two stories of me just having to look out, and I would do that shit again. So if you want to leave me in the dark, fucking leave me in the dark. I'm gonna figure it yeah. out one way or another. Yeah, if you have twelve or fifteen of these stories, we could really make this a TV show and a book. <laughs> you just let me know, man. You give me the word, and we'll figure yeah, it out. I can ask around. <laughs> Like everybody's going through a phone at least once, you know what I'm saying? Like I can if I was no, I've phone, never like, I've never been I've never been through a phone. Well, Bren, you you've always been like a better person than I am. So I've always been reserved. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think it has anything to do with that. It's it's probably also I don't wanna know. I rather Bren, I've known you more than half my life. You don't do mm-hmm. anything problematic. Ever. You know what I'm saying? You don't yeah, do nothing problematic. You don't fucking you you don't push the fence. Everything is very yeah, concise and linear, linear and concise. And I'm doing this, and you guys are throwing parties. I'm going to my friend's house. I don't know how to drive. It's stick shift. I'm gonna wait until I'm 30 to get my license. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get married. I'm gonna do this. I waited for the driving thing because it was more of economically, it never made sense. Like, it's like we were always in a, in a position where. I'm not going to take someone else's car and mess that up and put all oh, my bad and to have that on my pop. And it's like, I'd rather have cash in my pocket at those times than like have no money and say I have a car. That's a lot of the times that Peyton was living in and I wasn't Man, doing that. Even that, even even with like women, like you've never been like the promiscuous type where you had like four joints on deck and oh, it was no. like, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like everything with you yeah. has been very- It's been thought out. It's never just so, been just So, so do you it. don't have the capacity to go against the grain and go through a phone because you're not a piece of shit. Me, <laughs> but I think also because you're doing a lot of circles. Things. So it's like, all right, let me let me just double check. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like, regardless of how I express myself or how I sound, mm. there's like a there's like a level of dirtbagness to me that has it's, always it's been not, there. Yeah, it's man. not dirtbag because like I can go there too, but if I go there, I'm not able to get myself out as far. As okay. it's the environment we come from. It's like right. You know how to do certain things, but if I go there, I know me. I'm willing to go until I make sure you feel the pain. And if I do that, then I'm going to be a piece of shit for the rest of my life, and I'm going to be able to live with myself. I don't know if everyone else can. Like, I just know I'm willing to go further than people are willing to go, so therefore I try to stay away from those things. Yeah. Me, I'll go as far as I have to, and I won't give a fuck at the end of the day. Right, but I'm going to keep going, because, like, now you made me go there, so now i got to show that I'm willing to stay here and make you uncomfortable for the rest of your day. That's the type of individual I am, and me knowing that, that's not a good thing. So it's like, I just stay away from that in its its entirety, if I can, pretty much. That's fine. So my next question is, what are some books that you read that are fiction and some books that are nonfiction that you could recommend to, like, the audience that you've read? The Giver. I know you said books with an S, but the one book that I can think of that I can stand on that I want to express to your audience that they should read is like The Giver. The Giver is about the utopia society and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a great book. I enjoyed that book. There's a lot of dimensions in that book, you know what I'm saying? How brainwashing works, right? And how, although we don't live there, that that's where life is going as far as mainstream media, whatever. If you have independent thoughts, if you go against the grain in any capacity, you get outcasted. You know what I'm saying? You get killed. You get pushed to the side. Like, they can't... Critical thinking 
in, in my opinion, is like endangered because you don't meet too many a, you don't meet too many um, critical thinkers, people that think for themselves. No, you don't make decisions based on what they feel as opposed to what society told them. So even in the giver, when they're born and they have to take like this aptitude test, and if you don't if you don't go to a certain aptitude, they kill you off the rip. You know what I'm saying oh, I'm sorry, not when you're born, when you're like 11, and they're like, all right, does this person right. does this person have like this trait to think for themselves? If the answer is yes, you get killed. Or they just say, well, oh, just step to the right. You're gonna go with these group of kids, and they burn those kids in, in a in a pit of fire or some shit like that. And if some if you're someone that's subservient, they're like, yo, you're gonna be the doctor, you're gonna be the lawyer, you're gonna be the plumber, you're gonna be the dentist. If you're subservient, you go here. And the giver is about the one person that faked it. Like, yeah, I want to be a dentist. Well, Maybe, he got the you know gift I mean? to see everything. He exactly. was with the other guy. And that's why but, he was able to be like, yo, we're missing But the way he this. even got through that, when he went through the test, where he had to fake the funk, like, nah, I don't think that. I, I want to be a fucking plumber. And then, you know what I'm saying, went over there. And then he went, mm -hmm. linked up with son and then whatever have you. So I feel like this, that whole shit in regards to, like, falling victim to what everybody's telling you that you should do and being told that you're an outcast because you don't go through what people tell you that you should go through was like one of the more incredible books that I've ever read, fiction or not fiction. Well, I think that's kind of what caused um, the January 6th events is people not having their own thought process of this could end badly. They thought uh, those four individuals that passed away felt very comfortable in doing something of ignorance that wasn't it does it's not going to bring anything back you get me it's not going to it's not it's not true service of justice it's just i feel like i'm not being heard like black people have been the whole life and you guys and you thought it was comfortable to go back to your car after it looked like you might grab something and and then you know these things happen facts like facts you know what i mean like it's all in unison with one another no of you course but it it's like it's a way to execute your thoughts without you having to harm people. And it's like, it's, I don't know, it's, life don't got to be that hard, bro. That's all, <laughs> like, that's just how I, I see it. It don't have to be that it hard. Don't. So. It definitely don't. Hold on. And just for your viewership, let me just move in. I have a hairline. The way I'm moving, it looks like I have, like, this triangle shit going on. My hairline is straight. My hairline is pure. I just wanted, because you said this going on the computer and all that and the internet. Very straight vibes with me, everybody. I just want this to be recognized uh, uh, uh of course no i was just saying basically that um you know freedom of speech is like how free is it and do you want everyone to have it in this point in time because some people say the most wildest shit right that holds no service to nobody it's not even about thought provoking it's about getting followership right it's not even about having a thought for everyone to think on themselves after the message is out there it's more of follow this because this is these are the fake facts that I'm, I'm spewing out and mm -hmm. it's like that's that's very upsetting and that that goes to both sides it's a lot of you know ignorant people that have a voice because they say something that 10 percent of it might be true but the other 90 is so much bullshit that you have to figure out and it's like people are lazy learners they don't want to research and really find out the truth about things it's like the whole thought on black on black crime and people saying yo we got to start hurting each other true but you probably only hurt the person that you know because they live in the same zip code as you it's not necessarily about the race at that point it's about the zip code and the distance of where you're trying to do the crime so you can hurry up and go back home and try to think you're safe mm -hmm. so i just think it's you know it's a lot of you can always support facts that are not always the most factual i guess is what i'm trying to say in a roundabout way another thing mm -hmm. is blue tape 
I thought I was going to paint one day, and I never did it, and I left the uh, the tape here. Listen, like said, it's going on YouTube. Like these are things that I can watch so- this. They're like, right. yo, what the fuck is that tape? Like I, I was supposed to paint. I changed my mind. Never took the tape off. That's what happened. I could do slideshows though. It's up to you. We could we could switch not- it out. It's Whether it's a slideshow or a video, they're still going to see this tape. No, so I, I would take to... I would take some dope photos off of Facebook and just you know line them up between me. No, and no, no. I don't got no green screen. I don't want you to do nothing extracurricular. <laughs> I just want to explain the tape, and now I maybe mean, we can progress with the conversation that we're having. Uh, of course. So outside of the political stuff we're talking about a little bit, sorry about that, guys, because we don't usually do that, but it's just something that is you know heavy on on my heart right now because of the stupid shit that happened yesterday. Yeah, brother. Um, so I know you're a television and movie buff. You review movies on your show at at a time, at times on your podcast. What's been a good movie from a storytelling standpoint for you, or a television show where you like, yo, like the screenwriters? I have to applaud them for like what the hell they wrote. Ozark. I would agree. Ozark. Ozark is that show. Ozark. Anytime. I feel like I have a grasp on what's about to happen next. Whenever I feel like I have like an understanding of the momentum of where the writing mm-hmm. is going to go, it goes left. And anytime I'm thinking like, yo, man, this is drawn out. Like, why is this scene so long? Why is this? This didn't have to be two episodes. You then recognize why it had to be two episodes. I believe everything in Ozark is brilliant. I believe the writers in there are fantastic. I believe that um, the acting there is as good as the writing is, which isn't yeah. always the case. Now, I mean, you kind of need things to, to flow, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and symmetrically in order for everything to like go that way because you can have fantastic writing, terrible acting. You can have spectacular acting like that movie with um, Robert Downey Jr. and um, Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it, but if, if your listeners Google it, um, what the, is it, is it, what's, is it, what's the premise again? Maybe you said Robert Downey Jr. Like, and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, just Jamie Foxx was like this renowned prodigy, but he has like intellectual issues. He's one of those people that's like on the spectrum. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. found him and fucking. They, he was like a like a, a Beethoven like player, right? Yeah. Like, a, like a musician. I don't. I think it's called. It's called something like something of jazz or something like that. I don't know. Remember, oh. but I know what you're talking about. I'm gonna tell you right now. Oh, the soloist came out. Online, soloist. Right? He yeah. played the bass. You right. know what I'm saying? But he was, I mean, he had. um. He didn't have the how, right how, look, like like a um, how do like I Down that? syndrome almost, right? Yeah, he, he, had, um, he had intellectual limitations in regards mm. to like his motor skills, whatever. And Barry Downey Jr. found this guy just like on the street, whatever. And that, the acting in it was great, but the movie sucked. So it's like you can't, or even like get on up. With um, the James Brown movie, right? Mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman's performance was top three ever, in my opinion. But nobody reveres that as a top three movie because the movie wasn't that good. You know what I mean? Like, look at Ray and look at Get On Up. I don't believe that Jamie Foxx played Ray Charles better than Chadwick Boseman played James Brown. You feel like they were I on par? Or you feel like they I, were... No, I believe that they were very on par. I believe that if Jamie Foxx got the Oscar for Ray, Chadwick should have got one for get on up but the reason why that wasn't the case is because ray was a story movie. right no just the, period, just the writing good, the cinematography the the movie was just better with ray you know what i'm saying so with ozark i believe both the acting and the screenplay and the script and the things that are being written and the scenes 
and the background and the coloring that they're utilizing so it looks ominous every episode. Like every, I believe that's like a perfect. If someone was to ask me, like, yo, I'm about to get a Netflix subscription, what should I watch? I would tell them Ozark. Okay, do you think Ozark is better than The Wire? And not maybe because of, without the digitizing of what it is now, mm-hmm. if The Wire was to come out now with the same type of capabilities of Ozark, or, or you bring Ozark back into the times of when The Wire was shot, which one do you think stands out to you? I believe because of the popularity of Snowfall, The Wire could exist right now. But I don't believe people would have had the patience for Ozark. Ozark had to be a binge show. It couldn't have been a... Like, not even that. Like, first of all, because of The Sopranos, The Wire can exist, right? Because prior to The Sopranos, The Sopranos shaped modern television. Now, I mean, I don't know if anybody wants to recognize that. I don't know if everybody understands that. But having a TV show that goes on for an hour long didn't exist. Period well, did not exist. Tell me the show. It existed. I'm not trying to make it a debate. I believe they existed. Yeah. However, I don't think they were the writing. The reason why I'm so focused on the writing is because that builds the foundation for you to even move the way you need to move. I don't think the writing was as good ever until the Sopranos, probably. Britain, I'm here to tell you having an hour show where there was like a there was a um, anti hero and there was a build up. To what was going on? They paced the did, show perfectly. Like did that's the first not time I exist. Okay, I'm telling you, Britain. I did the research. Okay, I believe you. Like there, there was so no. You, you're not talking show. about 43 minute shows on like network casting. Yeah. You're talking about like a full hour, like HBO it, style. It was a full hour, top to bottom. There's no commercials, and this gotcha. whole shit is about the script. It's not about theatrics. It's not about somebody getting shot. It's not about some. Yo, I'm sleeping with your man. Everything right. you're focusing on what we want you to focus on until we go to the next episode. And right. I believe after that, that's after they got a taste of that, they then went on to The Wire, right? And The Wire, which doesn't get credit, is what's so dope about Snowfall, I'm gonna get to Ozark in a second, is because The Wire was the first television show where you had two storylines happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. That never happened before. Right, where you have McNulty and the cops, and then you have what's going on in the street and there was like no discernible main character. Right. You get the Ozark now, although you have a discernible main character, whatever have you, I believe character arc, having patience in regards to letting the story develop, as opposed to having some just slapstick comedy shit or some falling out the sky or, yo, this person got shot. I believe like the patience and the attention span in regards to like, I, right, I'm locked into this for an hour. I don't believe he was mature enough for that back then. I mean, but because of the wire and because of the Sopranos, we built up that that muscle to really like sit there and watch a television show for our span and Mm. solely rely on the writing to carry me through. Right. And I think what's different is we're not just only caring for the the hero. We're waiting for the villain and why the villain can also feel like the hero for some people. You're, You're intrigued with both stories at the same time. That never happens in television. Right. And what I respect about The Wire is that they didn't just keep it to black crime. They also did the the white port of the boat. So, like, they did the whole city of Baltimore. They didn't just think of, like, a basic, let me yeah. just keep it to, like, the stuff that's going to keep people here. It's like, no, let me go into, like, the deeper of who the suppliers are and, and things of that nature that is in and out of the city, too. So I thought that was pretty dope. You know what's really crazy to me? Somebody mm. brought this up to me. 
the whole show is centered around McNulty and the chaos around McNulty. Because if you see... It is, because he, he's a good cop, but he's a fuck-up at the same time. But just Perry, like, he is the main character of the show. No, yeah. But it's not painted that way. But it's really about... Because the show ends when... Because the wire could have stepped going. There was still crime in the city. The, the, the shit ends with him taking some random person out of that drug clinic and then driving off somewhere. I mean, if he doesn't retire... We get wire six, wire seven, but the show stopped when he stopped. And when that was brought to my attention, I'm like, wow. Of course, that's not like a fact or anything, but when you really just watch like the show, why did the wire go to season in season two? Why did it go to the ports? Because he got transferred to the ports. You know what I'm saying? No, so no, it's no, like, of course. But he's the main guy, but he's still part of the backdrop. Right. It's not necessarily like he's like, hey, I'm here. Like, it's not like that in the writing. It's he wasn't posed as the main guy, but he legitimately was, like, the centerpiece of the why, and I really yeah. never thought about that until that was brought to But that, that's clever writing, right? Because that's, like, yeah. illusionist type of shit. Like, it's, it's not easy to pull off, right? But it's, like, you got to make the audience still have some type of somebody to be invested in watching. That's a week fact. To week, so. That's a fact. That's a whole fact. And you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So... In regards to what you asked me initially, because I know we was, we've been all over the place. No, it's great. People, I love that. Ozark. Now, a movie that I saw that really captivated my attention and the writing was spectacular. Um, give me Because anytime I watch a movie, I always write it down. Give me one minute here. Let me just... No, no problem. And I was going to ask, um, before season, the last season of Ozark comes out, or once it comes out, after we watch them, I need you to come back on the podcast so we can... Um, Break down all the episodes if you if you have time for that one day. No problem, brother. Unless you usually do that for your show, then maybe we can just somehow do them both, whatever, yeah. however you want to do it. Because like I'm starting to do that now when I realize the show has good writing. It's like like Lovecraft. I'm doing that um, podcast with someone on my show. It's um a mm-hmm. friend of mine. We're gonna sit down and break down like all ten episodes and, and stuff like that. So you know what's crazy? You know, if I know that's a Man, that's a TV show. Hold on, give me a second. Nah, give me a TV show. They don't have to be movies. That I just want to throw that out there. I don't want to keep mm-hmm. it very minute. Is it another good story? Um, I'm hearing about your honor is pretty good. I'm hearing a few things is pretty good. I just haven't I, taken the time to listen. To watch. I them. didn't. I didn't see your honor. However, I just watched the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Is it really good? Because I see it. I'm enticed, but I'm not sure. It's good, bro. I can. I can put my. I can put my stamp on that shit. That shit had me engaged. I wasn't bored. The writing, once again, was exceptional. I believe they cast, like, the perfect woman to act like an aloof weirdo that's just nice and chess like that. That shit is so dope. I thought that really happened. That shit is a fictional story. Some niggas made that shit up. Mm-hmm. That shit was, like, that shit was so detailed. I thought there was really a white woman in the 50s that was wild, nice, and chess that came from an orphanage and then won the state champ. I mean, one became grandmaster and shit like that, but nah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, be, just because I haven't I actually have a fictional book idea for a chess story play, so that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, because with movies, whatever, I've seen a whole bunch of movies, but not, when I was going through my list, I haven't seen one that I can put my stamp on. I've been trying to watch Tenet, that John Washington David movie, but I still... That I came out? Because that woman, it was it was promoted heavy and then just like kind of faded. Because yeah, it was supposed to be in theaters at first. Yeah, because fucking Corona. But if nah, you, can go on, you can go on YouTube right now and pay $20 to watch it. I'm not paying $20 to watch a movie. That's why I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I'll wait for it to hit the the, the showtimes and shit that is already paid for. Fam, I so. got HBO Max. I got Hulu. Fam. I got motherfucking Netflix. It's going to be on one of the motherfuckers. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Just gotta, so, just gotta be patient. It's all good. That's what I, that's where I'm at with. I'm just waiting, bro. Dolomite yeah. is my name was pretty good. That's a movie. Dolomite is a is a very good. The, Char- movie. the Charlie Murphy, I mean the Eddie Murphy, um, adaptation to Dolomite. Dolomite is the name. That that shit was good. Nah, yeah, I agree. It's it's historic but funny at the same time. It's amazing right. how they did that. That's where we get that. So no, I definitely need you here for Ozark that season. I think yeah. it's season four or five, and we'll definitely break that down for the, the viewers. Whatever you need, bro. Appreciate that. Okay, so my next question is if you could turn back the time to your 18-year-old self, what would what would you tell him or her? Or what would you tell yourself? I should say. Sorry. Take academics and sports more seriously so you don't end up in debt. So you did play ball at college, which you saying to try to get a more of a scholarship than the I, academic one they yeah, give you. For I, I never ball. worked on my game ever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like I never did extra shit that you hear people say I was out till five in the morning. I was getting drunk with your brother. I was mm-hmm. partying. I was with women and shit like that. But if I just really like locked in, crafted yeah. a skill set, got a scholarship, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Locked in. I would have been debt free right now, so yeah. But back then, there was no such thing as real trainers. Oh, the trainers were so high. My dad started laughing when he heard the (laughs) president. Okay. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, even if I just did like jump shot every day, or like like, because I went to a junior college at first, right? And then the point Mm -hmm. for the junior college was for you to get a scholarship to go to a a four year, and I I actually achieved that, but then I tore my MCO, right? So they took Mm -hmm. the scholarship back. But what I'm saying is, when you're in junior college. If you're just in better shape than everybody, you can average 25 points. Like, so no what, actual skills. So, so what What school was you being recruited by before that happened to you, if you don't mind me asking? Man, I, there was some – I, I forgot the names of them because this is fucking – It was there, more there than was one? Some, yeah, it was like D2 schools, though. You know what I'm saying? It, it was just they like, give out real sports scholarships. Yeah, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, the school was only free, but it was like some random school in Cincinnati, and there was some fucking school. Well, what the fuck is the name, man? It was a school – was it? Hofstra's D2, right? Hofstra's D1, but they're like a low conference. So, like, only one team gets into the tournament if they it was one. Of, it was one of these schools. It was Hofstra, Adelphi. It was one of those schools that was really looking at me and really wanted me to lock in. And there was Adelphi's D2, Hofstra's D1. Yeah, you know I'm saying it was one of those. It's, it's a school that's in that same vicinity in Northern Long Island. And it's just not clicking to me. But those were the schools. Like, even right now, you know, I'm looking like I still have. Um, like, Hofstra's in Hempstead and Adelphi, I don't. Remember, but I think that's like closer to Garden City. I'm Man, not too sure. Like you have to say, like I've been, I've partied at the school. That I'm about to. It's just not. Is it Dallas? No, it's it's, fuck, son. It's what Sacred I, Heart. Um, uh, hmm. it's All a, right. Fuck. As soon as you say it, I probably remember like Brian exactly. or some stupid. Yeah, because it's it's right, and I don't think these niggas even have dorms, but they're D two somehow. It's. Uh, yeah, whatever. I think it goes by like population. It's almost like how like our high school is considered a large school, even though right. But yeah, I was gonna say like I can even look at the atrophy in my left leg. You know what I'm saying? It's not as big as my right leg because I mean I just never worked at it. I just never just never did none of this shit. But mm-hmm. what I was alluding to was when you're in junior college and you're trying to get that scholarship, if you're just in better shape than niggas, you can average 20 points. I mean, just literally with, like, no actual – you don't got to have the craziest jumper. You can get, like, 10 fast break points just out running these. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's that kind of situation. So, if I just told 18-year-old stuff, like, yo, fam, listen, don't get drunk as often. 
run some laps when they don't ask you to and work on your left hand and get a left to right crossover and a right to left crossover and be able to show up the dribble, you will get out of here and you won't have to pay for nothing ever again. I, I, right. I, I could have just sat there and just told this nigga that. I'd be like, what? I'm like, yo, bro, I'm telling you, you got hops. You can score. You can do this. Yeah. You're already smart. Just stop hanging out till four in the morning. Just fan, just lock in. Just get a B in every class, which you can do in your sleep, and just work on your fucking left or right crossover, and you are going to go somewhere for free. If I did that, it would have been love. But, you know, I really can't say that because I had a – life is going to happen the way it's supposed to happen because had no, I done of course. that – had I done that, I wouldn't have had – I'm the godfather of someone's child that I met when I was in college. I had my greatest years when I went to my next school. I, you know what I mean? It's just like – but 18 years old, like, looking at my life now, I probably would have been, like, had, like, a career. Oh, and I would have started that YouTube channel. I told myself when I was 18, like, yo, you just got to get on YouTube. got to get on YouTube. got to get on YouTube. But I just never did it. I didn't want to pay for the equipment editing. If I but even back then, you could have worked yourself up to like what it is now. Like that's, that's what, what you I'm don't realize, tell right? you. I would have like, been like one of these OG niggas with two million fucking subscribers, and I'm telling you, but you I can just, still get there. I don't want you. Yeah, like, I'm not saying I can't. No, that's no, no. Not the but, point. What I'm saying but, is, what I have to do now, I could have done it already right. if I just was like, "Yo, my nigga, get a camera, do some rants. The thoughts you have, niggas actually find these funny. Put it in two minute spurts on YouTube." Yeah. You know what I mean? I could have did that shit in, in my in my college cafeteria and been lit. You know what I mean? The no, shit I'm doing now, everything I'm doing now could have did 12 years ago, bro. That's how I feel about the podcast. It took me about another nine months for a year to do it just because I wasn't self com. I didn't have the confidence yeah, to say, yeah, yeah I want to stand in front of people and just talk. Like, I'm, who, who the fuck wants think, to hear me talk? Right, that's how I was feeling. But it's more like, yeah. if I have a particular subject to talk about, then I won't be in the way of what everyone else is trying to do, which is talk about pop culture. It's like, yo, I'm not pop culture like but like what i do do is write books so let me talk about storytelling and different mediums that deal with some type of form of writing and different mediums of that thanks so and then it's just getting out of your own way right because it's like you gotta you gotta put the shots up it's like anything you do it's like shooting at the gym this podcast it might not pop until 52 episodes in but at least i have a back catalog and i learned that really from nipsey but now it's like i'm implementing that now, now like the last two or three years Exactly. So like me releasing seven books next year or now in 2021, I would have 14 to 15 books out on the market. So then it's like, let me focus on marketing now that I have the books out there. The back catalog is there. I'm just waiting exactly. for people to see it. So it's sometimes you, you got to play the long game, especially when you're independent. It's what I try to tell people. It's not about it ain't quick. So if, if you if you don't want to do it every day, then it's probably not for you. This isn't something for you to do. I agree. If you're hoping to see steady results, which I'm sure you're seeing now on your podcast, because that's all the reviews you got, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I'm trying, bro. Just like, but surely, I'm trying. Yeah, but it's the consistency, right? Because you don't realize people miss you until you miss a week, and then they go, like, oh, what the fuck is wrong with you, nigga? I need to right. <laughs> So that's just um, something I want to tell everyone is, you know, sometimes you got to stay consistent when you don't see the results you want and just focus on the goal you want, but don't be mad at the process of the journey that you're taking to get there for sure so my next question is if in 150 years science failed to save us all that is left is a book about you and your life what would be the title and what, what would what would the blur be or the synopsis the title will be the man who lived in the wind mm. and the synopsis will be the amount of random shit that I just do the amount of random shit that I'm like willing to do 
how I'm never in one location for really too long, how I'll have an idea, I'll do it, then I'm up to the next idea. There's no like real core to what I'm really like locked into. Like I just do a whole bunch of shit sporadically and that's just who I am as a person. You know what I mean? So if there was a read a book, they'd be like, how does this nigga go from doing this to being here, to going here, to having this hobby, to having this habit, getting paid doing this. You went to school for that, but you end up here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like it, it just my my whole life is like a is like a um is like air hockey. You know what I'm saying? It's just like all over the place type shit. So you know what I mean, just the man who lived in the wind. That would be like the name. That's fine. And what's the most important thing you've learned in your life? What was your life thus far that you hope others will learn one day as well? You have to learn how to communicate what you're feeling and be receptive to information when people are talking to you. That's not something I always had. I wasn't able to effectively have an emotion spew it so you have an understanding of what I'm going through and then be open to what you have to say to me in response to what I tell you or vice versa. Just not feeling I need to be on top of every conversation, on top of every argument, not being so inquisitive to where I'm coming off as like a jerk, not being as argumentative for no apparent reason, just sitting there, chilling, relaxing, hearing something. That's, that's a skill that I developed as I got older. Yeah, I think that's something I'm still somewhat somewhat working on. Not that I don't understand it. It's more of um, if I clearly tell you how I feel, it's like it's I'm telling you my feelings right now. I don't want to hear your feelings at the moment because I'm telling you how <laughs> this is the one time I'm actually speaking up. I don't do it uh -huh. often. So like, hear what I have to say and maybe tomorrow you can tell me how you feel. But right now I need this moment for me and, so, and not get defensive if it's the other way around sometimes. So no, I totally get that. Yeah, bro. it's about growth, bro. Mm -hmm. I think that's really it. I, so before I say thank you and everything, I have a quote of the week and lyrics of the week. So the quote of the week is the beginning is the most important part of the work. I think anything you're doing in life, you just got to start. It's not about knowing the end result. It's not about doing it the best. It's about being okay with everything, being the demo until you find out your final product. And then from there, just doing it repetitively until you see success. Sometimes that's, that's the difference between being successful and not. It's just you did it longer than someone else. It's a level of insanity that comes along with it, in my opinion. And lyrics of the week is somebody that I don't think he was always a fan of, but I think, like, when we got out of high school, you started listening to him a bit more, which is Rick Ross. Game isn't based on sympathy. And um, yeah. the lyrics are, renovate in the ghettos, meet elsewhere. Daddy didn't see pension. They took his health care affordable housing, and they fed us welfare, showed us Tony Montana, teachers couldn't care less, the young prince of Miami, son of a pharaoh. This is deeper than raps. I can't run from the echoes, and I still hear the scream under my mattress box screens. I still see the cream Mac 11 next to the Grammy invitations. I'm never quiet, tell my ends, all my aspirations, no more beef than with rappers. It's just murder or nothing. New positions to master. I perfected the others and shoot for the magic. Never heard of Matumbo. These are lucrative assets, golden words that I mumble. So why I found these lyrics um, important is just, he's talking about, I guess, a lesser time of his childhood where he thought Tony Montana, like Tony Montana from the book Scarface was like a teacher, like a, a thing for him. But then 
he's really realizing his wealth as him feeling like a pharaoh, a king of something of true stature, and then trying to find his way through that. And although he, he's kind of living both sides of the coin, he's saying with like a gun, but then also like the Grammy invitation of like what he's really trying to get to. So I just found out to be some potent lyrics from, from Rick Ross. So that's yeah, man. I wanted out. Yo, I'm gonna stand on this, yo, because I revisited the album. That first album sucked, son. Like it was terrible. But <laughs> the reason why, because the reason why I really started getting into him after that first album, and you can listen to it. He changed his voice. He changed the way he rapped. He rapped. His if you listen to Port of Miami and then you listen to what's the album that came after that? That was um Trella and then um Deeper Than Rap. I think Deeper Than Rap deeper, he got into. Deeper than rap. That's when it was when, clear that he was here to stay. That's when he changed his voice. You can even hear it because he used to do this thing called like rappers called doubles to where like he would rap and then he would rap over his voice. And it was like very, he was talking like this. And then when he slowed it down and then he really got into his bag and everything was centered around lyricism and he wasn't doing the doubles anymore. And the lyrics were more poignant and clear because they weren't poignant and clear before. Yeah, I think that's, that's when, when he connected when he connected more to like his East Coast audience that he has Man. now is, is when he, he became a better rapper. He be, he sounded like some random nigga in Miami before. He became a better rapper. He was um, ghostwriting for people, so I think he definitely was writing better stuff for everyone else, and then took care to do it for himself until. But, but he he became a better rapper. It's not for nothing. Something I I, I know about rap, son. Lyrics is like fourth place. No, for real. Lyrics is like fourth yeah. place when it comes to like being a rapper, bro. It's like, how do you sound? Can you catch a beat? What's your beat selection? And then the lyrics, right? Mm -hmm. So lyrics is like, so he could have been like the, the illest nigga in all time in regards to what he was writing down. But what it sounded like and how he was presenting it was some fucking garbage. You know what I'm saying? Until this nigga just slowed shit up. And I'm like, hold on, I'm starting to... I'm rich yeah, of cocaine. I, I'm like, hold on, this nigga caught a little, and then yeah. I got into him. I think I was mafia, um, mafia music and cigar music for you was the one that you were like, all right, yeah, he's like, ooh, this dude is nice, like for real, for real. Yeah, you know I'm saying yeah. for real. Like when I heard that, then I started listening to the whole shit because you and Peyton was been on him. I'm like, yo, fam, this nigga it sucks. Like, yeah, I like hustling, like everybody else does. But oh, but I'm like, yo, you gotta hear some of the B sides. Don't listen to just what he's trying to do for him. That shit for him sucks. But then. He didn't suck no more. That's why I got into it. But yeah, but that's a good. That's a good song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, so I, I like just, that. I just wanted to break those down and just say thank you again for um doing my show, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you for asking me to come on. I'll do this anytime, nah, bro. Of course. Thank you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Americana Quill, writer to writer. Please like and subscribe and tell a friend to subscribe. Thank you. Cheers.